1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Doggy Pod Podcast. And I think we've got a very, very special week this week because of Ooh, what special. we have been talking about. Oh, Stephen, we talk about dogs, right? But <laughs> it's do called the Doggy, Doggy Pod how... That's why. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder how special they are. Just, just, I want to talk about that. Now, for a whole half hour, I'm going to be talking about how special they are because I think of all the, not just the, the dogs that have, you know, melted into my heart and it will always stay there. But also all the stories and experiments I've heard about proving certain special things about dogs, I guess, and that's what I'd love to talk about tonight.
2: Well, I think we're, we're actually talking about uh, another way you could put it is we're, we're going to talk through the soul of a dog. You know, what is it? Oh, those, love what that. is it? What is what are those traits? And by the way, my name's Stephen Peters. I'm a friend of Dr. Rob's. In fact, I'm his producer, and it's my job to keep him in line as best I can. Uh, usually a pretty, <laughs> pretty frivolous <pretty-less laughs> task. But anyway, uh, welcome to another episode of the Doggy Pod. We're very happy that you're listening to us. Yes. And we're doing the soul of a dog. Now, obviously, most of you listening to this show do have a dog. And yeah, of course, you love your dog. But there are things. About dogs that are unlike any other living animal, any any other animal from the animal kingdom. No, dogs have dogs have traits that just no animal has. They are one hundred percent unique. And of course, of course, you know, you all know this as as doggy owners. But um, Dr. Rob's just going to break down a couple of them and just realize how incredibly bloody lucky we are to have our dogs in our lives.
1: Uh, So, Stephen, we've talked a lot about different things that dogs have. What trait would you like to start uh, with? Bang it on. Let's go.
2: (laughs) Well, I reckon the thing I love about dogs is just this empathy. They have empathy more Uh, than any human being I've ever known. Unbelievable. Unbelievable empathy. Yeah,
1: absolutely. They really do, and they understand... When you're happy, they certainly understand. When you're sad, yeah. yeah. Time and time again, people say to me, "Oh, look, I got the worst news about the death of a friend or you know someone they really loved, and I was so upset and so down, and my dog just came up and just put his paw on me or put his head on my lap or you know just really nudged me and and helped me. Yeah, I was grieving, but he helped me with that grief. You hear that story all the time, of course." Um, the cynical scientists would say, oh yeah, but the dog just is mimicking your behaviour. But the, they actually experimented on 18 different people with their dogs um, mm-hmm. to find out if it is just mimic behaviour. And they found, they set up these special tests where people would be crying and uh, and they'd also do a really unusual howling sound later on, or unusual noise later on, humming and singing. So if the dog was mimicking the behaviour, he'd mimic all three behaviours. But the dog would only come round when the person was you know, crying and upset and showing grief. The dog would come up and try and have sympathy for that person and try and help that person, be it a friendly stranger or their owner. And uh, they, the, the scientists that did that concluded dogs genuinely do care about how we feel. They want to be there to help us get through grief or to get through uh, you know, hard times, certainly they're with us. And we feel that all the time. Very often, I mean, you see people falling on really hard times, uh, ending up in dreadful situations, and yet the dog's always there with them. Doesn't matter what, the dog just stays with them and has that total empathy and sympathy for their situation. And also when um, people are happy to, as well. Oh, absolutely. They share that happiness. They're they, you know, wagging their tail. I'm not sure what we're happy about, but uh, <laughs> did you win Lotto? Or better still, did you bring home a barbecue chicken? No. no. And that's the thing. It's not the food that drives them. It's just the state of mind that the person has that the dog will want to follow and, and be part of or help out. Not just be part of, but really yeah, entrench themselves into it and help out. See, you, you so look after a lot me, of yeah.
2: animals, right? and um, you know, We talked about in the last two episodes, uh, you know, you're looking after lions and tigers and you know monkeys and all sorts of animals. Have you ever, you know, do you know another animal that might even be close to a dog as far as being empathetic?
1: No, not even, not even. And I had a, a friend who um, I spent a lot of time with it when I was training. He had horses and he was very close to his horses and I said you know how close do you get to a horse like you know they're, they're beautiful animals and he said not as close as a dog don't ever think that Um and he said you can get very close to them there are new methods of training with horses but no, I've had dolphins that I've loved and everything and they are very you know, they come up to you and they're very intelligent animals that have a lot of feelings but there's nothing that matches a dog and I guess that's why for me I'll never forget um, a chap called Brother Bede he was at a Catholic college at Hunters Hill and he had chows Stephen, he used to bring his dogs along all the what, time. What was, he, to help a him out. He, he,
2: was he, a was, teacher? He was
1: a brother, yeah a teacher and uh, he had this passion for these dogs and he said to me, he said I have it on good, good authority Robert that all good dogs go to heaven <laughs> so, And you, and you, and so and you believe thought, that, yeah, huh? there you go <laughs> Well, he, he was he was close to the Lord, no, my friend. He would not lie, no, no. <laughs> no, I I totally believed him. Totally believe him. Yes, absolutely. I mean, what what Mark Twain said, if uh, if going to heaven was on merit and not on favour, uh, dogs would be in and we'd be out. <laughs> so true.
2: course you know another trade that we all know well is just how damn smart dogs are they are super 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 intelligent animals Uh, because Rob you you actually train dogs so um, I mean uh, have you trained other had to train other animals I I don't suppose you can really compare can you
1: no well I have worked with horses uh, training we even had a cat once that we were training for a pet show for children um, oh, yeah. So we've had a few other animals. and Of course, I worked with dolphins and seals, and seals are very closely related to dogs. But, seals, um, not yeah, seals very closely related to dogs, believe it or not, but not quite the same. Not not they just don't have that same thing. And if you're not sure about a dogs' intelligence, go and watch a guide dog at work. Ah, uh, yes. you know how do dogs? How would an un, an animal that is not intelligent Have such a memory bank. Remember so many things he has to do. And remember, these guys have to work a lot more independently. The handler is blind, and the handler may say, move forward, and yet there's traffic there. They'll stop. They will say, no, we're not going ahead. They make an independent decision to save their handler. Yeah. They, you know, the handler saying, come on, we've got to go, get down that street but there's a low-hanging branch that the handler would walk straight into. And so they pull them to the side and the handler thinks, oh, I'm being pulled that way. I better go that way. Uh, doesn't that, The the blind person has no idea what they've missed, but there's been something there um, and the dog just knows that they, they have to remember all these things. I had uh, one person who I helped retrain his guide dog because it had gone off the rails a bit. He rang me and said, oh, we've been so successful he said, I kept trying to go get on the train and the dog would not let me go on the train. I kept pushing him. What's wrong with you? You know, he thought the training had failed. And then someone went up to him who could see what was going on and said, oh, sir, the dog's stopping you because you're not actually at the door of the train. You're trying to go in between the carriages. <laughs> and he would have fallen down. That wouldn't have been a good look. So, you know, um, to have that sort of memory to be able and, and also that thought pattern that No, we're not going down there because that's danger. We're going to go to where the doorway is. Mm. You know, they've had this incredible method of of thinking things out and in their own way, reasoning in their own way, what's danger, what's not danger. You know, dogs that uh, start barking when there's a fire in the house, now they could just race out. (laughs) You know, I'm just going. I'm out of here. There's a fire there. I'm I'm out. It's dangerous. Uh uh. It's dangerous not just for me. It's also dangerous for my owners. I've got to wake them up so they get out as well. Oh. That's what happens. Yeah, oh. you know, they 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 feel that danger and they've worked out by their own intelligence that they've got to get everybody out, not just themselves. They have, that, they have a sense of responsibility, a sense of duty that we don't understand that goes with this intelligence. Sure, I can train the doctor, sit, stay, drop, come, all those things, you know, all sorts of fancy tricks of weaving in between legs, but you know, they're all just behaviours that a dog would like to do. But the intelligence that you see it goes further than that. And every one of you with your dogs out there, observe your dog. He he or she will show you something very special when it comes to intelligence. It may simply be a nudge to, I want to go outside to go to the bathroom. You know, i got to do party oh. outside. Uh-huh. Um just a little nudge now that's pretty intelligent it's you know it's been house trained if you like but the dog's remembering that now i don't go to the toilet here i've got to go outside on the grass that's again only a small thing but highly highly intelligent you see those sort of things all the time in their own dogs watch them carefully and you can learn a lot from your dog
2: Now, one of the things I love uh, with all of the various people that I follow, and I'm sure you're the same, Rob, on uh, Instagram, is you know when people post videos of their dogs, which are always just so funny. But often they post these videos of the dog quite close to the camera, and they're talking to the dog, and you can see the dog, you know, almost wanting to talk back. Like uh, it'll raise an eyebrow, or it'll tilt its head, or it'll, it'll smile. You know, you can. All, I love it when you see a dog smiling. And that, that whole way that they can communicate with their face, I find, like, there's as many dog faces as there are, human faces. Like, you can pick, pick one from any other dog, you know, if you know the dog. But what they could do with their eyes and their, yep. their mouth and, like I yep. said, their head, it just blows my mind. It really
1: does. Our communication with dogs is truly amazing. With their head, you can tell if a dog's unhappy or, or not. You know, just the furrows in between the ears... <laughs> uh, if he's yeah. angry or whatever, you, you watch those, and if you know your dog, you you will see that communication certainly in his head. I mean, we we all know dogs communicate by body gestures, of course. Yeah, you know, if they their tail is the primary uh, body gesture to tell you if he's happy, unhappy. Yes, if the tail's yes, up, yes. if really up high, is a bit uh, what's going on. I'm going to get aggressive here, or his tail's in between his legs, he's scared. And the hackles, we know the hackles when they're angry and frightened or you know, something's on, they put their hackles up to make themselves look bigger because they're trying to avoid a fight. If I make myself big enough, maybe the the uh, intruder or whatever will run away. Various head positions, yeah, if the head's up high, they're usually happy. If the head's down low and uh, they're either shy and worried or they're about to be aggressive or you know, it could well be that they're coming in for an attack. Mm. Um, the, the play position, just the whole play position. You know, when dogs put their front feet down and their head down between their their front legs and their, their bottoms are up with their tail up, I want to play. I just want to play. So we, we know all those things, but there are lots more things that we don't know. Uh, pheromones, you know, the, these are the hormones of smell that a dog will put out. We all know about the one down the back end, under the tail, called the anal gland. Oh, it stinks. Yeah. It's the worst of the pheromones. But there are other pheromones a dog put out that other dogs can pick up on straight away. And, of course, vocalisation. We forget vocalisation because these days we don't want our dogs to have a bark. Heaven forbid we might upset the neighbour because my dog's barked once. But, you know, they have, they have a lot of um, vocalisation in telling us what they want. And what, in the
2: different ways just, they bark, you mean?
1: In the different way, yep, style yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. Happy, there's a happy bark, there's an angry bark, there's a what's going on bark, there's a oh, what is that noise, who's lonely over there when they hear the siren, they start howling. There's all those things. And then there is what you started with, the look. Yes. Yeah, dogs do have the look. They give you that look, and you melt. They can just oh, you're gone. You're gone. You're trying to have some something to eat, and they give you the look and tilt their heads, and you think, oh yeah, I'll share it with you.
2: <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, they are absolute yeah. experts at you know not taking no for an answer. They'd make fantastic salesmen. You know, like a oh, vacuum, awesome. vacuum cleaner salesman knocking on the door. Uh, and then they give yeah. you the look. and say, so, "Yeah, I'll take five of them. Whatever what you yeah, what you're right. selling, I'll take one." Yeah,
1: and, and it really goes back to you know, the beginning when dogs had to come into the camps and talk to us. Yeah, you know, dogs are a pack animal, and they have lots of communication and gestures between them, and they were using those those gestures with us. So it's it's just the way of the world. Do you think part the of way it? Goes. Do you
2: think part of it is that they have been uh, domesticated for so long, you know virtually since you know as far back as we can we can uh, record history, their dogs have been there. So do you think that's part of it because we've never been that close to any other animal, you know we've not domesticated any other animals' cats, obviously but um but do you think that's part of it they've they've just they've just been there for, on this civilization journey with us the whole time.
1: I think that's the thing I mean we can trace back um, human if we were to trace back human history and civilization really took off when we were able to stop and start having animals that, that we farmed and the way we did that was we had dogs to help us farm those animals like sheepdogs could and do that
2: and terriers that would chase yeah. exactly
1: when all of that happened um, human civilization actually took off for good or bad, I know everyone's looking. Sort of yeah, look at what it's ended up. But in truth, it was dogs that allowed us to properly settle down, have really good settlement.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
1: where we could stay there and generate our own food supply rather than have to wander through the desert or whatever it was looking for food, Uh, dogs helped us build up our farms correctly and they went a long way into helping us create a more stable environment.
2: Now this next trait is absolutely not smackingly amazing that dogs apparently um, can actually smell cancers in us oh, humans, and yeah. they can smell or they can sense if a woman is pregnant uh, a whole bunch of things like that and it, it really is that's kind of spooky I reckon <laughs> yep that, that's not a medical is. term by the way Rob uh, spooky that's just my particular take on it but you know a little bit more about this because so it's true right
1: well, absolutely. Uh, dogs, um, for a long time, uh, nowadays they even train dogs to do this. When a cancer is growing, it doesn't have to be, you know, in your skin or anything. It could be right inside you. There are certain volatile, and volatile in this sense means, um, you know, they let off gas, so you can smell it. They have volatile organic compounds which end up in urine or on your breath or in your sweat. Wow. And the dog picks up on those smells and thinks something's wrong here and they start nudging you in that area. They that, That's how they're picking up cancers, through these volatile organic compounds. And they can pick them up sometimes quicker than you can with an MRI machine. Certainly pregnancy, the hormones that a woman releases, a dog picks those up long before, the, through smell, uh, before any tests that we've got that, that can do it. So this is they're all being shown. proven, Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's It's been scientifically proven. Could you imagine having 6 million scent receptors in your body? No need to imagine it. That's what you've got. You've got 6 million receptors in your nose or in your olfactory system for smell. Big deal. The dogs have 100 to 300 million receptors. Show-offs. So, yeah, show-offs. No one likes to show-off. And then on top of that, Um, There's an area of your brain that's developed for olfactory or for smell that that, that, uh, actually does all the work, part of the brain that's devoted to to processing all the smells. The dog has 40 times bigger part of brain there than we have. This is why dogs can go blind and they cope with that better than humans going blind in old age because... The dog still can smell, and he gets around, just, oh, yeah, I know that smell. I bump into that, will hurt. I won't go that way. I'll go this way. Oh. With us, we get all very depressed about um, losing our sight. Dogs, not so much. If they lost their sense of smell, a dog would probably really roll up the sleeping bag and pass away. They, they can't cope with that, and I could understand why.
2: talking about uh, a bit spooky, Um, and I don't mean the movie here, for those who might remember a movie called The Sixth Sense. Um, Dogs, canines, really do have a sixth sense, or so Dr. Rob believes anyway.
1: Is that true, I know. I know. I (laughs) know. I know. I know they have it. How do you know? And anyone anyone that owns a dog would say, yep, I believe that. They just seem to know things um, that are happening somewhere else. Really, uh, and, and I've heard some really, really, you know, amazing stories in in that light. Please um, explain. Well, one of them, okay, very, very recently, uh, one of my friends said, "What I could never understand was how my or my son's dog knew that my son was coming home. He because it was different times of the day. He nearly always stopped at the pub at Richmond. Now, the pub at Richmond." was over 10 kilometres from where their home was. The the pub at Richmond at the bottom of the hill, you drive up uh, around all the S-bends and up the hill to Currajong Heights, uh, more than 10 kilometres and through bush and all sorts of other things along the way uh, to get home. She seemed to know, the dog seemed to know, when he was leaving the pub because she said as soon as the dog went to the um, door, she worked out right it would take 10 minutes for him to get home up that hill. And he'll be home in ten minutes, or whether it was twelve minutes, it was really time to to the minute. Even if and he came home knew. at a different time, different time, He, he, he the dog wouldn't go over there at seven o'clock every day. Yeah, because he wouldn't wouldn't come here at seven o'clock there. But she just she just used to shake her head. How did he know? How, how did she know? She it was know. a female dog? How, how did she know? that he'd left the he pub was leaving, <laughs> he was leaving the pub um you know he didn't drink that much he didn't have yeah you know, it wasn't a breath test from up there yeah but somehow this dog knew right. and we hear stories like this all the time uh, yeah somehow uh there was a, a story of a dog pulling its owner back from uh, a, the trail that they always took just didn't want to go down that trail mm-hmm. didn't want to go down that trail pulled it away from that trail and um, lo and behold, later on that day, part of that trail just collapsed. It was a- overhanging a cliff, and that part of it just through you know, years and years or thousands of years of erosion, right. it just collapsed. Now, again, that it didn't happen on that walk, but but that day it happened. Uh, uh, I don't. Uh. I have no idea. I know my own dog, um, Strauss, that I've spoken about in the past. Yes, yes. You know, I had him when I was a teenager, so he'd be in the back of the car. And in those days, you know, you'd pick up hitchhikers. You know, people would be, have their thumb out and you'd pick someone up and give them a lift. It was pretty good for me. Like, I had him in the back of the car. But if he growled at the person, I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, the dog doesn't like you. <laughs>
2: <Really>? <laughs> Never had any yeah.
1: trouble with him. Well, if it was dangerous to hitchhike, it wasn't with Strauss in the car. <laughs> I He bet. just seemed to know. And you hear that. Well, again, Strauss was a big people. German Shepherd too, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He was a big black German Shepherd. Yeah. And uh, he knew if, if someone was not nice or not, I think. But we hear that. People say, my dog doesn't like someone. It usually means there's a problem with them. Yeah, Again, how do they know? How, how does a dog just meeting someone seem to know that things are, are rotten in Denmark? You know, mm. do they just know that that person, nah, not not... Not for us. It's just not for us. And, and uh, they just can't uh, relate to that person in any positive way. And yet they've just met them. We hear yeah, this yeah. again. It's something we hear time and time again. And then one of them that really um, amazed me was a friend of mine. He said that I was away with my dog and, uh, and it, was, you know, oh, it was late at night. The dog started howling. And he said, what the hell's wrong? he looked around, he listened, there was nothing. And when he got home, um, the chap found that his, his dad had passed away that night when the dog oh, started howling. Oh, see, that's you know, spooky. I, that, that, that is really spooky. So you know, cases like this, people will tell you cases like this all the time, and you can't document them because what do you document? The dog howled and that someone died somewhere else. And it's just, I don't know, just the most amazing creatures... Do they have a sixth sense, Stephen? For me, absolutely.
2: And for me, the big one is um, unconditional love and loyalty. I mean, it is, it's just unconditional. Now obviously i'm guessing that no doggy pod listener would ever do this but you know if you heaven forbid smacked your dog or kicked it or was cruel to your dog literally five minutes later that dog would come back to you with its tail wagging and want to be your best friend all over again like that is just unconditional love if if they feel they're part of your family even if you're a horrible person they just won't stop loving you it's it's amazing and, and you know to be honest dogs we, we we as humans i don't think deserve dogs we've uh we've been incredibly lucky to able to share our lives with them and i i feel a bit sorry for people who um aren't into dogs you know uh who, who never have a chance to even have a one dog in their life it's it's life-changing would you agree rob
1: I loyalty- i've always said yeah absolutely <laughs> if they're known for nothing else they're known for their loyalty and uh Scientists have studied that very, very really? in depth. Many, many times, oh, yeah. You know, why are they so loyal? Why do they, do they really love? Do they love? You now, scientists said, posed the question, do dogs really love? Um, so the loyalty, they said, you could easily say, oh, yeah, because we feed them, they're loyal. You know, never bite yeah. the hand that feeds you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's maybe true. that's why they're so loyal. Um, but it's not that easy. Then they thought, well, maybe it's because they're pack animals, you know, that they um, just want to be part of the pack and be accepted as a pack and and be loyal to the pack. And so they then decided they would marry it up with love. Do they love? If they love, then they'll be loyal. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh,
2: there's, a, there's a loving, loyal dog there's in the background lo- just outside our yeah, studio.
1: They're checking everything. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, oh, guys. Chance. We're in the middle of recording. Uh, <laughs> oh, they're having a good time out there. I'm telling you, I, I knew I shouldn't have let them out there. My fault, Stephen. My fault. So yeah, they. So they. These scientists were trying to work out it's got to be more than just food because, and I've seen it. I've had. I've unfortunately um, attended cases where dogs have been nearly starving to death, uh, or really? and sometimes oh. so, some of those cases are from just sheer ignorance. Um, some of those cases because the person has some uh, disability oh. and some of them are just through sh- – Just I, I had no idea. that The worst case I ever saw was the dog was so skinny, he couldn't get up, he could, you know, couldn't oh. walk, couldn't do anything. And uh, I ended up putting him on the drip, brought him inside into the clinic and slept with him there for quite a few days and getting him better. When he finally went to the toilet, all he – pass was grass, balls of grass. He was eating grass. He was so hungry Aww. this dog. And yet, um, once he was better, he was so happy to see the person that owned him. Well, uh, yeah. mind, mind mind you, we did see that person in court. <laughs> uh, but, but still. But yes. the dog was just loyal. That's that's loyalty for you. Yeah. Starved me to death and I still love you. Yes. But yes. back in two thousand and five, they did do this test on love. And what they did, Stephen yeah, the dog's primary sense, as we said earlier in the program, what's their primary sense? The sense of smell. Yeah, if they can do nothing else, they will smell. So they would put the sense a, a smell from their owner, a, sell, a smell from the stranger, and the real high-value food that they would love. Yeah, you know, it could be barbecue chicken or cheese or whatever. All these different. They had three different smells, and the dogs were uh, hooked up to a machine that measured their brain waves and, yep, they had a little bit of reaction with their food. They had no reaction with a stranger. The sense of smell from their owner was off the charts and it was the part of the brain that, that uh, monitors and tells you you're happy. Uh, they know, you know, they've, they've actually mapped mm. the brain, uh, both for humans and dogs, and it's that part that, that would go off the Richter scale when they had the sense from their owners... They truly love their owners. They did a few other tests like that as well. And it brings me to one thing, of course. Um, can you have too much loyalty? And tr- truly, I think you can if you're not careful. You've, you've got to be fair on your dog. If you make your dog so dependent, so loving on you that it hurts your dog when you're away, in other words, uh, separation, yeah. anxiety, Good um, point. that's not not fair. Now, yes, your dog should be absolutely loyal to you. Your dog will always love you. You should do lots of interactions with your dogs to ensure they bond with it. But also give it some time. I've you know, Many times I've said on this program, please uh, crate train your dog. You know, at night, now before Oggy goes to bed in his crate, because there's too many dogs in, in my bedroom, oh. <laughs> um, uh, uh, he gets piece of cheese and a little piece of meat in there. So the crate is a happy place. It's there. Dad's just there. I can smell him. I can hear him snoring and doing whatever else he does, uh, whatever other noises are emitted from his body. but And funny <laughs> smells. The smell is shocking. But I love my dad. That's all right. So, yeah, you know, they, they have to learn to be independent. They have to learn to accept being uh, separated from you. Uh, But they will never stop, never, ever stop loving you. If there's one true love in this world, it's always your dog.
2: Oh, Rob, I'm starting to tear up, mate. What an emotional episode this one's been. Wow. Gee whiz. But anyway, as I said earlier, we're just we're we're all just all our listeners who have dogs. We're all just incredibly lucky to share our lives with a dog. Thank you for sharing your time and uh, listening to this this episode of the Doggy Pod. And please. Follow us if you're not already on Instagram and Facebook, and because uh, Rob's posting some funny things. But anyway, he posted something. Uh, he's, well, I think he's about to post something from. We were filming uh, a little bit of our movie that we're in the middle of production on right now, and uh, Rob had to stop in the middle of a take and uh, film a quick promo for um, this week's episode of the Doggy Pod. God bless him. Um, but anyway, so there's lots going on. Thank you so much for for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed this very special episode. And I I know Rob wants to say goodbye as
1: well. Absolutely. Uh, For those of you who have been emailing and contacting us about the movie, it will be out next year. Um, We're pretty confident of that now. Filming's going really well, and thank you for your well wishes on that. Uh, But this week, I want you to think about one thing. What special thing have I done for my dog to repay his loyalty and love? Just think about that. Just do one little thing that's... Over and above, what you normally do, be it sit him on your lap while you're watching TV. Yeah, look, Oggie's some 35, 40 kilos. He sits on my lap. He does sit on my lap when I'm watching TV. They'd love it. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he enjoys Lassie, of course. That's his favourite programme. All the best, folks. Have a good week. See you later.